You, me, me, you, you, me. What is love? Sitting out from work because I feel like shit and I'm waiting to hear back about my second COVID test. So, just quarantine as normal, I guess. Um, no vomiting, no diarrhea, just kind of a headache and tired, bit of a cough, but we'll survive. TPC 154, August 6th, 2020, 75th anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima. One day prior to my birthday tomorrow, 30th birthday. Woo! Um, this podcast is available on YouTube, BitChute, DTube, YouTube, DTube, BitChute, VO, Vimeo, Anchor, Spotify. Um, there's now a Patreon. If you want to, there's no like premium. There's no, if you don't donate, you only get some of the information. Nope. The, the whole podcast is for free. You get it for free. But if you really like this podcast, um, Go to the link. It'll be in the top comment. It will be in the description. Donate a dollar. You can do like a dollar an episode. It's like five bucks a week, 20 bucks a month. Stop whenever you want. But if the podcast will be exponentially better, if I can, I need to get this podcast to about $2,000 a month. That'll be an apartment, utilities, food, prescriptions, gas, gym membership. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't have a social life. That would just be me grinding out podcasts seven days a week, listening to audiobooks. So if you enjoy it, go uh, pledge up. Drop a dollar per episode. That would be really badass. Um, if you don't want to do it, there's no premium. There's no, there's nothing you miss out on. Podcast is still free. But if you do want it, that would be really cool. Um, or if you uh, do want to help out, but you're not about that whole, uh, I give you a dollar, but I don't get any premium shit. That's where my buddy Jack McDermott comes in. If you want to invest in the podcast, you can do that. And once the podcast starts making money, you will get, well, if you provide the upfront sum that I need for four years, $96,000, you will get 7% per year for a decade of it making money. Let's say I become a Joe Rogan. That's $7 million. Up to you. Or if you just want to drop a dollar, you're not really trying to go Gordon Gecko on this shit, that's cool too. Um, so I have no topic for today. I feel like dog shit, but I guess now is the time to just do it live. What better time to do it live? Um, one thing I've been kind of like feeling out more is I started reading Graham Hancock's Fingerprints of the Gods in 2014. I actually vividly remember reading it in the weeks leading up to uh, getting my tonsils out, and then that was a month in bed, jacked up on, on Vicodin, and then at the end of that, that's when I lost my brother to suicide. I don't, did not, I don't know how those were all intertwined, but that's how, I, and then I remember like a year after that, picking up Fingerprints of the Gods again, and um, getting it back to the same point, and then stopping, and that's probably happened every year. And I finally started the audiobook yesterday, and I think I'm right about where I normally quit. But I think I'm gonna to try to power through it. But um, so what I do when I try when I try to always just take in information, like I play video games, but I mute it. And I just listen to audiobooks and documentaries. I found that I found that it's important to to stay true to why I'm doing that stuff. And I know that just sounds like some cheesy line with no actual meaning, you know, politicians talking without saying anything, but. 
sometimes I get caught up in I should be listening to an audiobook right now. I should be studying something for podcast material. And then I grow to hate it because I don't actually want to do what I'm listening. I don't actually want to listen to what I'm listening to. I'm listening to like a history of whatever or, you know, uh, like an example was like, I felt like I needed to be listening to future stuff. And so I was listening to Michio Kaku's The Future of Humanity. It's a great book. I have not finished it. I picked it up again, but I still haven't finished it. And really badass stuff. Generation ships, nanobots, uploading consciousness, sustainable nuclear fusion, zero-point energy, quantum fluctuations, alien, blah, blah. It's really badass. Suspended animation. But that's just not what I'm feeling right now. I go through, like, it's very hard to describe. It's almost like what I imagine. I was about to say it's like picking a lock on a safe. You know, because I've done that so many times. It's like the fucking Wild West. I got some mustache and I'm <laughs> like Wario or something. Waluigi. Shout out, crew. Um, is I found that it's like you just got to get quiet and you can kind of you're like turning the knob and you can kind of like feel what it is that interests you. And it's not always obvious, but you kind of just. Or I don't know, it's like feeling a hot blanket and you're trying to, you know, trying to find around, trying to find your cat and you feel its paw, but you got to just, where is it? And that's what you got to do. And what I'll do is I'll just sort of, and it, it sucks because it always feels so like restless when I can't, you know, that weird existential void when you've finished a book and you don't know what to do after it because you're like, fuck, that's what I was doing. That's the thing. Now I'm stuck with my own thoughts. Instead, instead of addressing that internal problem, I just jump to the next thing, like most people do. And uh, maybe that's uh, they're stuck in the cycles of reincarnation. But I try to feel around. And sometimes I like to stay on the topic. Like, uh, often I would go, I went from, like, Raven Rock by Garrett M. Graff, all about nuclear bunkers. I went from that to, like, um, Command and Control by Eric M. Schloster, who's also the author of Fast Food Nation. And I went from that to Dark Sun by Richard Rhodes about the creation of the hydrogen bomb. All kind of in the same vein. Super secret, you know, massive explosions. Uh, it's, it's in that same... I don't know if you could categorize them similarly, but to me, there's just like this similar vein. It's like bunkers, top secret shit, multi-megaton hydrogen bombs, covert ops, like scientists, research. Excuse me, my nose is running. Damn you, COVID. But it's, um, but then it's almost like I hit like, uh, it's like I hit the end of the road and all of a sudden... I'll pick up another book, and this always happens. I get so excited, so I'll buy a bunch of audiobooks of the same topic, but then I'll get through a couple, and I'm, eh, I'm not really feeling them anymore. And um, but I, I figured I think that's a good thing to spend money on. I don't. I've never regretted buying a book. It's because I'll just come back to it. I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing to spend money on. Um, but I'll get to the end of those threads, if you will, and then it just kind of poof not interested in it anymore and it's but i'll find myself trying to listen to it because the mindset will slowly shift from like i'm not thinking i should listen to this so that i have stuff to talk about on my podcast or so that i can feign intellect i'm just listening to it because it's like i can't get enough of it give me more give me more give me more 
right? It's like eating a brownie because it's just awesome. Versus you get to the point where you're so full. You know, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and you just, oh, I can't eat anymore. But your mom baked all these different cookies and you don't want to turn it down because you know she spent a lot of time in the kitchen on them. So you're like, fuck it, I'll eat it. Like, that doesn't even apply to me. Like, I don't need a, re a reason to eat. Let's say your 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 mother-in-law cooked a meal and like you just you really don't like it, but like you love the girl and so you want to like be awesome in front of the mother-in-law, so you eat the meal anyway. If you were truly like hungry, you you wouldn't have to think about it, but you're doing it for a purpose and that's fine. But for me, there's no I'm not I'm the person I'm trying to impress. So if I'm listening to a book and I have to start thinking about I should be listening to this. Well, then I've, I've, I've hit a, I've run aground. It's, that's no longer what I should be doing. Because if I have to think about, I should be listening to this, then it's not something that I'm truly interested in. Because if it's something I'm truly interested in, there's no, I should do this. I should eat this meal to impress my mother-in-law. It's just like, you're hungry and there's a Big Mac. You're not like, well, I should eat this. You're just like, well, fucking Big Mac. Um, but that's, so that, that will happen. And when I'm in that spot of, I should be listening, I, I do it less, I get stressed about it, it becomes a chore, and I'm more likely to just quit entirely. And oftentimes, and this is my weakness, so that's when I'll turn the, that's when I'll turn the audio on the video games. And that's a black hole. Because as soon as I go from like a muted video game listening to histories, to all of a sudden, like really good crisp audio and boom boom the bases and you're watching the you know the bullet and hit the target and there's explosion and shockwaves and dude it sucks you in and there's never a point where i'm bored of listening to a video game so it's not like oh, i'll do this until i'm bored that will go on indefinitely i've tested that theory that will go on for years so i have to mute it and find the next thing right now um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of forcing myself to listen to Fingerprints of the Gods. And I don't think I want to. So instead of just not doing it, um, instead of just not doing it, I, I like for there to be a cumulative effect to my days. Like, I'll listen to music if I'm working out. But aside from that, like, I, I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm like a Puritan. But I don't like... If I listen to a song and I enjoy it, but at the end of the day, I don't get anything from that. I like going to bed knowing that I listened to a chapter of a book and that I know a little bit more about the world. I like depositing money in my bank account, even if it's 30 cents, because there's 30 more cents I have. I just, I like for there to be a cumulative effect. Today, uh, I had to cancel with the guy that I was gonna do it because I just, I didn't feel good enough to do it. And I still don't, but at the same time, I want an episode up, so I'm doing a solo rant. Ideal episode, probably not. But I like for there to be a cumulative effect. I like to see it build up because you blink your eyes and a bunch of time goes by. And I like to have episodes under my belt. We're, get, we're, getting, we're getting into the weeds. So I've gone from that to one thing that I'm kind of feeling out more, something that I enjoy is SDI, strategic, the Strategic Defense Initiative under Reagan. The idea of having just like a future, it's called Star Wars. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's like, a, it's just like a futuristic, like laser, like a ground and space based, like laser and like hyper velocity kinetic projectiles to stop incoming nukes. And 
if there's really no point in me bringing that up because I haven't listened enough to it to actually know anything about it. So um, I guess we'll deviate from that. Man, I really don't feel good. Um, but yeah, so the other thing, the cracking the the safe vaults that I've been kind of getting closer to is, um, and it's so another thing is I try not to get too serious with what I'm listening to. Like I love to listen to audiobooks. I love to have like reputable sources. I love to it's factual, peer reviewed. It's cleared. Um, but sometimes I gotta just, again, you can't get too serious. So I try to dip my toes into like, um, I like to wade off into the conspiratorial stuff. Now, I don't go full blown like, um, who's it? Corey Good? What's the other guy? The, the guys with the huge heads. They're, I don't know. I can't do that. I can't buy into that shit. But I like. I like listening to stuff that's just a little out there. One idea that I'm really kind of liking is like, and it's more Graham Hancock, but it's like just how old are the pyramids? And I, I mean, I know nothing about this. I feel like I can talk with like some seriousness on like the Cold War or like biology, like relative, but but I definitely don't know anything about this stuff. So. If you're hoping for like a uh, peer-reviewed, fact-based uh, episode, you might just want to clock out now. So, uh, but for the rest of you who want to put on your tinfoil hats and you know, put your trays up and put your seats in the upright position and st- put your stuff under your uh, under your seat, let's do this. How old are the pyramids? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's all the factual-based shit. Um, I like Graham Hancock's idea about water erosion and how not only is there like several thousand years of cumulative water erosion on there, there wasn't, there hasn't been rain since like 10,000 years ago. So you'd have to go to at least 10,000 years back and then add several thousand years. So it's like, is it 16,000 years old? Is it 26,800 years old? Is it 36,000 years old? The other idea I love, I love is, um, is the, the, blocks of the pyramid not even the precision cuts and the angles and how would they even construct that but just like the actual how long the sun has to have been hitting them for them to be like baking away in the way that they are and again this isn't based on anything but i don't care because it's caught my attention What, what what is it are they actually very old because it seems like it seems like if you if you wanted to if you wanted to, if you were a global civilization, right? Um, I really gotta go to the bathroom. I'm sorry. We gotta. There's no. I don't have anyone to hold the fill the void for me. global civilization right and so like the thing that gets me with like graham hancock is describing him uh, there's like a guy there's a guy in like 1960 
who's looking at these maps. And the map is from 1513 by a guy named Pyrie Rice. I have no idea how to say it. P-I-R-I. And his last name is R-E-I-S. Pyrie Rees, Pyrie Rice. And he has a map and it has, and it's an accurate depiction of Antarctica. But Antarctica was not discovered until the 1800s. And so that's weird enough. Why does this 1513 map have an accurate depiction of Antarctica 300 years before it was discovered? But not only that, so when they looked at it even deeper, they realized, oh, it's not just that he has a map 300 years prior to when this thing was discovered. And I, I th think it was 1949 or 1959, it was Admiral Byrd's expedition, Operation High Jump to Antarctica. And they, I think it was in conjunction with the British, they used some sonar technique to like look through like the mile of ice and actually scan the ground because there's Antarctica and there's how it looks from the air, but this thing's all ice. What is the actual, what is the actual terrain? What is like the hard earth? You know, what does it look like with no ice? because the ice can shift and change. Granted, islands can too, but it's much, you know, if you had a glacier over the entire East Coast, that it may not necessarily look like the East Coast that we know. Like, you might not have all the same, like, beaches and shit, right? It might not line it perfectly. So, so they do this, like, sonar thing, which, which was then was relatively new technology, I guess. And I think 49 or 59. And in 1960, this guy t is looking at this map and he's going, well, that's weird. Here's a 1513 map describing something that shouldn't have been known until, I don't know the exact date, we'll just call it 1813, 300 years before. But then they're looking at it and they're going, oh wait, how does he have the, how, how can he see the actual lines, like the coast? Because that's weird, because that wasn't discovered until 1949, 59, whatever, we'll just call it 49. Okay, well that's weird. Well, they clearly didn't have sonar tech. It'd be one thing if it was a map of Antarctica from 1513. That would just kind of, okay, maybe someone did reach it way before, 300 years before we thought they did. That's not that out of the box. Like, okay, sure, okay, you know. Didn't the Vikings get to North America before Christopher Columbus? Like, okay, shit gets, uh, shit gets fucked up. Shit gets a little, you know, rewrite history. But it's not, it's not like world changing. It's like, oh, there was just someone there a little bit. Okay, sure, okay. But it's weird because they can see the coastline of when there was no ice. So now it's weird because did they have sonar technology in 1513? Well, it appears they did not. So is this map from an, a time when there was no ice in those areas? Well, that was 6,000 years ago. Okay. Okay, so that's weird. Well now, well then you go into like the documents and like notes of Pyrie Rice, however this is his name. We'll just call him Price, P. Rice, Price. We'll call him Price. For anyone listening, Pyrie Rice or Pyrie Reese is Price. Captain Price. Oh, gillied up. Gotta take into effect the Coriolis. Sorry. But, so, but if you go into his notes now, this is what Graham Hancock's saying. His notes say he actually copied the maps. So... He copied the maps from 450, from a map, a set of maps from 450 BC. So now, let's get out my handy dandy notebook. 
Blue's Clues. Welcome to Tom's Bombs. Um, so we got this guy in 1960. I think his name is Hapgood, right? And in 1960, he's looking at a map from 1513, calling him Price. Price's map, and he wrote in his notes, I will say he wrote the notes in 1513. It was probably after. He was eventually beheaded. He's saying that he got his maps, or he copied his maps. He said he was not the cartographer. He served as the, quote, compiler and copier, okay? So he got them from 450 BC. So we're looking at, is this mirror? Oh, nice, perfect. So here's the guy that we're talking about. The guy, I think he was at Keene College in New Hampshire. Hapgood, right? Fuck. And this was in 1960. He is talking about Price, who had his maps in 1513. But Price says that he got his maps from 450 BC. Okay, well now we're getting really fucking weird. Well, hold on. The maps in 450 BC, note that they are from an even older set of maps. And I'm going to call those Set B. Quotation, Set B. Okay, so we got Hapgood, 1960, going to Price in 1513, who says that they are from 450 BC, and then these 450 BCs have their own notes saying that they got them from Set B from thousands of years ago. So we can, well, I don't know, we'll just say, let's, be, let's not go to, let's just be conservative, say 2000 BC. Thousands of years before them, so at least 2000 years before them, so we'll just call that 2450 BC, all right? Could be more. Now, set B doesn't actually have any notes, but so whereas Hapgood's talking about Price, Price says that his, I cannot do this mirrored. Price says that his notes are from, his notes point to 450 BC. The 450 BCs themselves have notes saying that they're from set B, from 2450 BC. Now set B doesn't have any notes, but 450 BC has notes on set B saying that set B got their notes from set A that are from, quote, the furthest antiquity. Let's just assume that it's another thousand years, whatever. Let's just, we did 2000 earlier, so we'll say 4000 again, 4450 BC. Okay. Well, now you have the actual description of, of the coasts of Antarctica without ice. And so it's one of two things. Either these ancient peoples had sonar, which I don't think they did, or they were around long enough ago that they didn't have sonar, but they did have ships and cartography methods back to when there was no ice that you would need sonar through. Both are equally discombobulating. So a guy from the Air Force who had received this letter from the 1960s guy, Hapgood, said that there is no way to reconcile this, and it is indeed absurd. He's, I don't know the exact quote, but it's at the very beginning of Fingerprints of the Gods. So it's very, it, it has utmost, it's like utmost implications for human and geological history. Now, to bring some more, bring more legitimacy into this, who else weighed on this but Albert Einstein? 
Albert Einstein said that he always was receiving mail from people who wanted their yet unpublished or unresearched ideas to be glanced at by him. I think that's probably the equivalent of like trying to every like stand-up comedian sending their set to Bill Burr, right? He's going to get 10 million letters a day. He's probably not going to look through most of them. The ones he does look through is probably like, shit, fucking shit, fucking shit, gold digging hoes, right? Or it's like every invest, you know, shitting on myself. Hey, invest in my podcast. It's like everyone pitching their thing to Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, right? Hey, you ever seen those comments when like Jeff Bezos will make an Instagram post? There are people always like, Mr. Bezos, sir, if you could just give me $1,000, that would... And it's like, dog, he's not responding to that. Yet here I am trying to pitch my podcast to people. So fuck me. But but people used to send their shit to Albert Einstein and be like, hey, can you look at this? And I think Albert Einstein's quote is, it goes without saying the vast majority of these have no validity or no potential validity and they hold no weight in the scientific community. So like, just getting bitch slapped by Einstein the equivalent of he's just get you're not even getting ghosted you're getting seen and that's what Einstein's doing to these people however except for the price map from Hapgood Charles Hapgood Einstein said that that was the most exciting one and it it, it electrified him in that it had implications for human history as we know it so what is going on what the fuck is going on like that, that is exciting that anyone can talk about UFOs. When the Pentagon acknowledges that there may be materials not from this earth, that's when, that's when your jimmies get ruffled, right? Rustled, ruffled, ruffled, who cares? Chips, sponsored by Lay's. But if the coastline is being shown on this map from the furthest antiquity, and even if it's not, scratch out those, scratch out set B and set A, Hell, even scratch out 450 BC. Just go to 1513, a thing that we know is true. Because 1513 said he, he copied it from 450 BC, but I, don't, I, I haven't got far enough to know if there's actual evidence of that. But let's just say that's all hogwash. Or let's say it is 1513, because that is a map that we know exists. It's in the Library of Congress. That's why it, this isn't some like, well, I heard, you know, my grandpa said that these aliens. No, it is a map in the Library of Congress that Charles Hapgood was looking at during the winter recess of 1960. So he's just pouring over these things. Love the imagery. I just imagine like a candle or some lantern or some shit, right? Just looking at, oh my God. But like, no, but actually, I'm going to fucking keep listening to Fingerprints of the Gods today. I'm getting jacked up. Hell yeah. Thanks, Tommy, for getting me excited. What is going on? Like, th that is... But how can that just be ignored? It's, you know, we all go, ah, yeah. Half of us will go, nah, it's bullshit. I think we have the world figured out, okay? And the other half will go, yeah, that is crazy. Got work tomorrow, man, and hey, I like, I get it. But at some point, do you not just kind of have to stare at it and go, whoa, 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 Because at first glance, it, it does kind of serve as almost like a luxury. You have the luxury to delve into like hyper ancient structures, you know, maybe because you don't have a five month old to feed and you don't need gas and the, your transmission's fine and you're, you're not sick or whatever. It's right. It's it's you have the luxury to delve into that. I get that. But I like to go into it and think, well, what 
what are the are there more implications than let's just say it was 300 let's just say that let's say there was no ice on antarctica and it was discovered in 1513 that's not like that you know sure you're gonna switch a date in a textbook and that way you can price gouge the college students right okay sure but if it's something as monumental as this well that kind of that does no you're right it doesn't really affect i don't know who i'm talking to you're right it doesn't really affect this podcast is just a, a video journal of my descent into insanity it doesn't change your everyday life you're right i mean it's you still got shit to do tom brady still left the patriots asshole but if it goes back super far you then have to start thinking how advanced was this society right that they had all of this shit mapped this far back and that and from right here now i am just make a note of it 28 minutes 53 seconds now i am going into my own speculation but if they get the maps from furthest antiquity which i'm gonna say is 4450 bc let's just call it an even 5000 bc 5000 bc if those maps are from furthest antiquity that, and this is pure speculation so buckle up bitches but I'm not thinking that that's like furthest antiquity, that's like a globe or like an LED screen. I'm thinking like some Mad Max world where it's like, this is one thing they have left. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a drawing of a map or something, right? Or it's like the last like pieces of like a laminated map from some equivalent of the Pentagon. And it's been kept in some, you know, almost like a Dead Sea Scrolls type thing. Like, what is it? To me, that just means that it's that much farther back. Like, the furthest antiquity map could itself be just this, like, shitty last remnant. Like, you know, if, if, if someone were to somehow look back in time at 2020 and be like, did you know they had maps from furthest antiquity? We'll just say, I don't know, like a map of the old world. We'll just, Christopher, whatever. That doesn't just mean that you would point to 2020 and be like, oh, that was the beginning. No, we had something from way back. Does that make sense? So it's not that it's that they have something from way, way back before 2020. So if there's something from this far back, it's not just that, oh, here's a, it's not like a fossil. Like, you know, every once in a while they'll find like a human footprint, like 11,000 years before they previously thought some Australopithecine and some elevated area, or they'll find like a crustacean on top of a mountain and be like, oh, there must've been water here. And it kind of, but again, it seems like it's more fine-tuning, just enough to, enough just to edit the textbooks to get that sweet, sweet $500 from the new edition. Um, but it, something like that though, that that points to, it's not a footprint. It's a, it's a mapping of uh, a landmass. To get to that point of mapping a landmass, let's just say, well, yeah, so let's go back to the period ice. Let's say that he didn't need sonar. Let's just say there was no ice. And let's say that he just mapped it in 1513, whatever. It went down there with ships. That's not the beginning of civilization. That's a point in which we had evolved. Civilization had moved along enough to a point where we had figured out ships, ships of the line. We had figured out longitude and latitude. 
and there were nations that funded these luxurious, relatively luxurious things of, of ma well, not really luxury. I mean, if you're mapping new worlds to potentially enslave the indigenous and create your West East Indies corporation, regardless, you have the ability beyond just having to find the next meal. Um, I keep forgetting, I didn't have a guess. I can bring my microphone closer. Um, I really need a young Jamie. If there anyone wants to be my young Jamie. Oh, let's get a maybe new view. Pull the microphone a little closer, bitches. Wait, I can just hold it, right? Sorry, just lost my train of thought. If you're, so if you're doing this thing and you have the ability to fund these expeditions, well, you have, not only have you created the science of, of big ships with uh, sails, compasses, sailors, cartographers, and it's being funded, what is it being funded for? Is it just scientific discovery or is it, where's a new land we can conquer? Well, that implies a certain advancement, a certain level of advancement of your society, that we are now at a point where we have things like a triangle of trade, where we bring back spices and sugar and, you know, tea, and that in inadvertently leads to tea party shit, right? So that in itself isn't the beginning. I mean, let's say this happened in 1513, or just Columbus, 1492. I mean, 1492 what? What is 1492, what's 1492 AD? Well, what is AD? Well, you know, we go back to 5000 BC with pyramids and shit. So, you know, and, and Fertile Crescent, Sumer, Indus Valley shit. So we can say in cuneiform, we, so we can go, oh yeah, there's like 5,000 years of just kind of like really slow uh, tutorials. Yeah, game tutorials. And then it sped up and then there was Christ and then there was this whole thing and there was the medieval times and there was and then we got up to Europe and blah 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 and Galileo and blah 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 and finally get to a point where we're sending ships across the sea so that in itself is 5000 let's just say 5000 BC to not the 5000 BC of the maps we were talking about let's just say first when is the first civilized when is the first civilization Indus Valley Sumer want to take a bet I say 7500 BC first human civilization first human civilization Mesopotamia the first city-states in four millennium beasts that's insane four millennium Jesus 4,000 BC so let's say 4,000 BC 1513 so 5,513 years to get to that point so now let's bring it back to the map set of furthest antiquity you have to, at the very least, assume that they have ships of the line, sailors, and nation states willing and able and interested enough to fund these ventures. So let's just say you have to say that that means it's at least 5,513 years old. So if that map is from 5,000 BC, so now we're looking at 10,513 BC as the first, and that's, again, not that crazy. I mean, okay, the difference between 5,000 BC and 10,000 BC, yeah, it's a lot, but at the same time, it's kind of abstract. Like, it makes no difference. Like, I'm like I'm still paying taxes. Like, there's still an election this fall. It's, it, you know, it is more abstract. So, I'm kind of proving my whole interest wrong. Like, it, it, there's not that much. But, well, no, there is, because what happened to that civilization? That's the interest, is what happened to it it's not just that we're it's not just that we're shifting the the dots on the on the chronology and just enough to edit the textbooks to make some money you know we're we're fine we're fine honing the you know it's 
we're saying Pluto is a planet and then Pluto's not a planet and Pluto is a planet and you know shout out Jerry Smith is it what that means though is that we got to that point and then seemingly went back to 5,000 and then seemingly went back to nothingness and we got to the first nation states Sumer whatever right so something happened something happened that made that that area that 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 civilization that was seemingly at 1513 technology so you know 500 years from today so not that far i mean relatively not that far right you got boats you got spices you got writing you got math you got the renaissance you fucking paint and shit in the in the sistine chapel like relatively modern i mean still like barbaric but at the same time like definitely not knuckle dragging and just like beating shit with rocks like like producing complex shit like mapping the stars like relatively complex well something had to have happened that kicked that bitch back to the stone age and i mean that's where randall carlson comes in saying that there had to have been an asteroid strike asteroid strike impact at i think what he said he said north pole or south pole instantly liquefied ice caps and just flood the world and then that's where oh that kind of gets weird because what's the one similar thing all the ancient religions have the story of the great flood i don't know it it starts to get a little hairy and but so what makes it interesting to me and this is my favorite part is um is the idea that like it wasn't just that there are these old structures that point to hey we've been here before we got here before but rather, it seems like they're almost trying to, like, send us a message, right? It'd be like, um, I don't know. It'd be like, what's an example? It'd be like if I had, like, a, I'm a king and I had a painting done of me in 700 AD, but and I did like the blood sign or the crypts right you know dabbed it would be like well, how does he know about dabbing right no that's still a bad example it would be like um be like if we it'd be like if I don't fuck I can't think of an example but it's not just that we found existence rather it um what word what am I looking for they seem to have let it wasn't just like they built like a fucking thing and here's it and they're okay now we know there had to have been humans this long ago they did shit in such a way that it seems like you know the precision in which the rocks are lined up uh the, the rocks that they used you know these precision cuts in granite it's not engraving but embossing where you shave away everything else except the thing extending they're using these weird techniques these weird geometrical techniques and lifting these massive stones in a way that it's hiding in plain sight at first it's just like hey there's an old pyramid but you look at it more and it's like oh this is set up in a way that like you you can't do with like caveman science and it's yeah it's it'd be like if they carved like the it'd be like if they carved like the valence electron shells of a of plutonium atom into rock it'd be one thing if you found the carving and the carving is from 50,000 years ago and you went oh wow now we know humans are around 50,000 years ago because we found this carving but then you look at it and you're like well what is this carving of it's a valence electron shells 
you'd be like, but we didn't discover that until the 1900s. Oh, right? That's what it is. And it seems like some of this shit has, and again, I'm speaking way out of my field of knowledge because this is stuff that I'm barely dipping my toes into. So I'm sure I'll come back to this episode and bitch slap me. But it seems like this stuff is lined up and it's constructed in a way that says like, hey, this isn't just a rock. This is a rock that was done in not the country Iraq, Iraq, but rather a rock is there's it seems to be done in such a way that like it's almost hinting that there had to have been something else right like um the other the other one graham hancock points to is the nazca lines and like aside from like how do these people carve these things into stone and they're 300 feet long but one of the things they carved was this like super you know it's like a 600 by 600 foot carving of like of like a spider Okay, sure enough. But it's a very rare spider that's only found in one part of the world. And it's found thousands of miles from this carving. Okay, how did these ancient peoples discover this thing 5,000 miles away? And furthermore, because the carving is blown up to 600 by 600 feet and you can really only view it from a plane, they could see on one of them, it had, you know, it's got like the legs and then on one of the legs, there's a little appendage. And it's actually, it's, it's scientifically accurate because that, that spider, its its reproductive organ is an appendage on its like rightmost limb, but you can only view that shit with a microscope, like a super powerful microscope. Not even like oh, I just squint one eye. Like no, like you need advanced scientific instruments to do this. So it's it's one thing to look at how did they carve this and where is this carving? Is carving is it from ten thousand years ago? Is there water erosion that points to it being twenty thousand years ago? But it's not even a carving. It's a carving of something that the knowledge of which requires a technology that itself takes several thousand years to get to, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be one thing if you found writing from 10,000 years ago, okay, humans are old, but then you found the writing is the description of how to build a motherboard for an Xbox One. You'd be like, okay, well, these aren't just drawings of like elk and bison. This is a complex schematic for a, a silicon motherboard. So it all of a sudden it, it pushes it back further. So, it, but then the question begs: Is it was it an advanced society? Who knows? Maybe as advanced as ours. I think you'd find like satellites, right? Maybe we have. Maybe it wasn't. Let's say it got to like 1900. So there's no. They don't have any space debris, and then it was wiped out by whatever reason. I'm not pointing to me. It's that's not really important. What wiped it out? Well, I mean it is, but it's 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 not. What was it? A nuke? Was it? Was it an asteroid impact? Was it greenhouse gases? a pandemic who knows but rather it's let's say we created the society and we have these skyscrapers with aluminum and steel and glass and it's you know we feel pretty advanced we have airports and satellites but if we want to leave some shit that would always be here regardless of thermonuclear exchange regardless of a pandemic regardless of an asteroid impact what would it be what would be our what would be the ultimate Tom was here written in wet cement? It wouldn't be a glass building. It wouldn't be a painting. It wouldn't be written language. Certainly wouldn't be anything online. That would all be just gone. What would it be? It would be something made out of rock and not something super intricate that's going to get destroyed. I don't know. Maybe something just like a pyramid, right? Or just any obelisk or any carving in a cave. Just something that's like, 
really doesn't you, there's no maintenance on it it's a very low maintenance girlfriend it's just that shit's just gonna be there for 50,000 years right I mean it, it, it's, it's gonna survive the shifting of glaciers it's gonna survive extreme weather solar flares nuclear exchanges uh, CO2 levels rising it's gonna survive all of that what's gonna survive is gonna be stone well no metals would survive sure for a while it would survive for a while you ever seen like a musket they find and like like they'll find shit in like swamps in the south from like the civil war definitely still there i mean fucked up but it's definitely still there you could even say it could probably do another like couple hundred years don't they find swords on like from like european battlefields like we still find shit right we still find old like daggers and arrowheads from like thousands of years ago but eventually i mean eventually that stuff gets ground to dust or it's unrecognizable and it's just mistaken for another rock. Well, how, how do you leave a message throughout time? You create something massive, some, some structure, some pyramid, some sculpture embossed or engraved. And then not only that, you would leave it in a way that alludes to a knowledge that would have to have, that, that the creators would have to have. It'd be one thing to leave a pyramid so that people can find it in 20,000 years and go, hey, there was a civilization before here in Manhattan. It'd be another thing if as they sort of uncovered it and their society progressed, they would find, you know, maybe they'd look at it with a microscope and they'd see like nano etching. It'd be like, well, you can only do that with like an app, like the company Apple or some defense contractor. Why is there laser etching in this? And it points to like, hey, like this is much older than that. It's like the ultimate letter leaving in a book right you know i used to do that in college because i'm a fucking loser i like write like random letters and just leave them in old encyclopedias i put the date on them maybe someone finds it in 50 years <sighs> we're going way off into the weeds let's wrap this bitch up um yeah let's uh fingers crossed they don't have covid and um <sighs> I might go take a nap. My throat does hurt, damn it. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast as always. And uh Patreon, that'd be baller. And um see you guys on the next episode. 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 Jesus, I can't even talk. Take care everybody.